This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends, yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Let's do it. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Feeling good. And the, Friday, we got some man. issues in this country, but we're turning the corner. Yeah. On They're going to stay positive. What are on we trying to different things? On. People are waking up to what's going on. <laughs> oh, oh, that corner. We're going to okay. be answering this question throughout the show. All right. Negative Ned. Just no, sit I'm back just for a second. Trying to figure out what corner we're turning. That's all. What's well, on the other side of the corner? Right now, it looks like we've got some challenges as far as Russia, Ukraine, that situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Van Camp with the latest on that. Yeah, well, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken has been talking to his counterparts in Ukraine and Russia, trying to figure out how to stop Russia from invading Ukraine. Apparently, pretty please don't do that didn't work. Uh, the big mm. takeaway uh, to me, at least, is watch out, Russia. A strongly worded letter is <laughs> heading your way. This was Anthony Blinken on Good Morning America today. Based on uh, what we've heard in the, the last couple of weeks, uh, we will put uh, in writing uh, both uh, some deep concerns that we and other uh, allies and partners have about Russia's actions, uh, not just with regard to Ukraine, but more broadly when it comes to things that it does that threaten security. Uh, we'll uh, address some of the concerns that Russia has raised with us, uh, and we'll put some ideas uh, on the table for how we might actually um, uh, strengthen each other's sense of security uh, going forward. We got a lot of challenges. Yeah. Like having Nimrods like that as Secretary of State. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, I'm sitting here just dumbfounded on these sternly worded letters. Yeah. yeah well, obviously, the Taliban responded to the strongly worded letter we sent them back in the day. Yes. But well, hold on a second. No, they didn't. No, they they didn't. didn't care. Because people like Russia and the Taliban, they don't really care about a strongly worded letter. They're going to see how you react to different things that they want to do. We already know this. It, it doesn't take a genius to know this. David, is this just like Ivy League dorks outrunning the show and not realizing how the real world works? Yeah, because in a situation like this, you either need to say, look, if you threaten a NATO ally, which Ukraine is not, but if you if you threaten one of our guys, we're going to respond. Uh, we'd rather you didn't invade Ukraine, but we're not going to do anything to stop you. Or you say, we're going to put the full force of the United States behind making sure you don't do it. Those are your two options, right? It's either basically say, okay, never mind Ukraine, or we're coming for you, Russia, if you do this. And they try to thread the needle in a way that just doesn't make sense in real-world dynamics. Well, when you had the vice president and the president, you know, saying, well, it's going to be costly. Yeah. Okay. 
it will be met with a severe cost. What does that mean? Well, the severe cost of postage to send yes. that strongly worded letter. The sanctions, whatever. You know, and Tucker Carlson has raised this question a few times, and I'm not going to pretend to be a foreign policy expert, uh, but when he brings up, oh, why are we so interested here? What, what is it? NATO allies, they're not all on the same page here with the United States. Mm-hmm. So what is the big interest? Because we've brought it up on this show, I don't know how many times. China is the number one threat to the United States. It's not Russia. I think most people realize that. So what is the big deal with this, David? Like, if you were to be asked that question from a news perspective, what's the answer? Well, it's not really about Ukraine in particular. It's about the global balance of power. Uh, so Ukraine is one of several former fo- uh, Soviet states, which are seen as buffers between Russia and Western Europe. So if they invade, that puts them on the doorstep to make you know further inroads towards our NATO allies. And there's also energy production and heavy industry, which Russia would definitely love to be able to control right now because they're in some serious trouble economically and have been for quite some time. The other argument in favor of protecting Ukraine, again, it's not about Ukraine. Right. No, nobody on the global stage, except for people in Ukraine, care about Ukraine itself. Uh, it would be a pretty strong signal that the U.S. wouldn't do anything if, say, China were to make moves against Taiwan. Right. It, it, it at the end of the day, it comes down to the global balance of power and what what we are willing to uh, put up with in terms of expansion of a, of a less than friendly nation. Got it. Nothing to do with Hunter Biden and Ukraine, Burisma, nothing like that. Different interests from Ukraine. But you never really know what's going on. Well, and you can't tell me that these world leaders now, Putin, Xi, their ilk, are not looking at this frail, feeble, warbling old man and saying to themselves, now's the time. If we're going to do something, now's the time. Well, the American people are really behind it. Well, hold on a second. No, they're not. Did you see the polling? One in six Americans want U.S. soldiers in any sort of Ukraine-Russia war. One in six. Yeah. Not a whole lot of support out there for that. Right. So we'll see how the strongly worded letter from Secretary of State Anthony Blinken goes. Maybe he'll include his playlist. Remember, that was the big story for a while. Isn't it great to have a Secretary of State that's so Uh hip and cool because he's got his at-home playlist with Bruno Mars and, and Chance the Rapper and Justin Bieber? And then he's got his on-the-road playlist, which I'm guess he's jamming right now. Unbelievable! That's our news media that reports on crap like that. Does anyone believe he really listens to this stuff? No. Please. Okay. Let's get to uh, the former president, Donald Trump. He was talking about uh, how Joe is doing in his first year. Yeah, uh, well, he showed up on Hannity's show last night, uh, gave his take on Biden's big press conference. Oh, man. It was very sad. Yes. Is that what we're talking about? Yes. yes, I know. Well, it was a very sad time for our country. I want him, forget politics, I want him to do well. He's got to do well. Our country's in trouble. What's happened in the last year, I don't think we've ever had anything like it in this country. Yeah. No, we haven't. Not much at all. Yeah. I think that's... Probably stating the obvious, but still to hear the Trumper say uh, is very sad. Yeah. It's still amusing. Well, it was a very sad time. <laughs> it is. Sad. 
It is, because unless he's lying about Republicans supporting Jim Crow 2.0, this guy doesn't take a strong stance on anything. You know, whether it is Russia, whether it's the Taliban, whether it's anything. Well, the unvaccinated, he's not a fan of. Right, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. But they get lumped in with Jim Crow Republicans or something. Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I do hear more people talking about how we have tried to fight COVID and our response to the whole pandemic. Do you feel it happening? More and more people that are now saying, yeah, we've done more damage than good with this whole thing. Mm -hmm. Omicron, it almost seems, did change the game in that when everyone had their eyes wide open that the vaccine is not going to stop you from getting this or spreading it. People are ticked. They feel duped that we're buying in. Well, you, you bought something you didn't get in return what you had bought. No. So it's a natural reaction. Yeah, it's a lemon. So the Hill, for those unfamiliar with the Hill, David, you described them, I think, in a reasonable way. Because for a while, I thought they were just left-leaning. No. I, well, the Hill is kind of, a lot of times, equal opportunity, bad take-havers. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of their news articles are just completely fake news. Their morning mm-hmm. show, for a while, they have a, a web series. Uh, yeah. it, it used to be Crystal Ball, who's a socialist, and I forget the other guy's name, who's conservative. Uh, and I guess they're picking that up again with just different hosts, which is actually pretty interesting content. You know... The one thing I've noticed from checking it out a few times, and I'm not saying, hey, you should check this out, because I've seen it a couple of times, is that points will get brought up, and it's hard to predict who's going to have the certain take, which is sort of different. And we played this person before, Kim Iverson. I suppose she would be described as the conservative, maybe. Talked about crimes against humanity. Whoa. (laughs) When we're talking about how we have sort of tried to protect people from COVID. And when you first hear that, you're like, what? That much? But listen to say Some serious, serious failings by our public health officials, the CDC, Fauci, our politicians, and the mainstream media are becoming glaringly obvious to the point where I think their failings rise to the level of crimes against humanity. All right, right there, do you think that's too strong a take? No, I don't. Uh... I think I've said something no, like that No, I don't, before. but it is strong. Right. It is strong. Yeah. But the more she goes on, you're like, yeah, she got a point. The scientists and health experts, the people responsible for guiding us safely and scientifically through this pandemic, have been hyper-focused on vaccines. They raced towards a vax, told us to hunker down and wait for the vax. When it became available, they told us to get the vax. Then all the discussion centered around the awful people who refused the vax. So then they mandated the vax. And throughout this entire time, which is now at two years in, they've never focused on, and often, which is why it rises to the level of a crime, even shut down discussion surrounding the well-known scientific principle of natural immunity. Okay, we've been talking yes. about that for a while. Yes, we have. Yes. Other countries have talked about it. And the lack of information regarding it. Or even the acknowledgement that this may be a good thing. And maybe that's why the CDC is turning the corner on that now. Mm. We'll see how much, yeah. but absolutely, she's right about oh, that. They absolutely. shut down and even demonized any discussion of potential early treatments, and they failed to give us good instructions on what to do when our loved ones or we ourselves catch COVID. True. And the, the rest of her take was, by the way, if you get COVID, what are you supposed to do? Besides stay home. What else? What are you supposed to take? What can help with it? 
You mean after all this time, you don't know? That's a great question because I don't know. No one knows. Because they never talk about it. Nope. It's only uh, you get, get vaxxed. Just got to get vaxxed. Well, what are you supposed to do? And it, that's a great question. People are tired. And you said today, David, Flint, Michigan is shutting down the school? Yeah. Going remote learning? Yeah. They're, well, they, they've been Why? shut down. They delayed the reopening until the 24th. And now they're just saying, yeah, we're going remote indefinitely. You're talking about a school district that, what is it, 80 to 90% of the kids in that school district are living below the poverty line, and yeah. you're stealing their education away from them still. It's disgusting. And, yes, I think that does rise to a crime against humanity when you're keeping kids out of school for this long, especially at-risk kids. At the very least, you never get to talk about inequalities and race or poverty uh, ever again. Okay. Yeah, there was. I want to, uh, I want to applaud that. Van Camp. Nice job. Yeah. It's true. That's very good. It's yeah. true. Um, another big story out there is people, it seems, in legacy media can't believe that the president and vice president are saying, well, this next go-around with elections, we don't know if it's going to be legit. Yeah. They're actually saying, hey, wait a second. I thought this was a sacred thing. All of a sudden, you're going, you know, somewhere else with this. Sounds kind of insurrection he doesn't it? It does. It does. In regards to 2022, sir, the midterm Oh, 2022. I mean, imagine if those uh, attempts to say that uh, the count was not legit. What? The count was not legit. And then different people said, yeah, that was, as described on the show yesterday, like a car trying to start up. I mean, yeah. The old Model T, yeah. Yes. Cranking the front of it, yeah. And I don't know if we're going to have some sort of uh, montage later today. It's been suggested. I mean, imagine if. If he did that along with his predecessor and hero, Obama. If, if you're voting for, I mean, even, 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 even the, uh, if, even if, the, the, if, the Republicans. If, Imagine you know, I don't know. I mean, it's a possibility. Maybe we got something there. Maybe we can create some sort of song together. <laughs> How about that restart? Oh, you can't start the Come car. on, baby. Okay. NBC says we don't want teachers showing what they teach. There's freedom of speech. We'll get to that next. Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay. Okay, we got to move on to other things. Biden stuttering and stammering through stuff. I need that for my ringtone. <laughs> Hang on, I got to get the phone. Text alert. <laughs> Hang on. Okay, let's talk about free speech and teaching. Isn't that what NBC News is getting at here, David? Oh, yeah. Well, NBC News is freaking out, among others, I think, uh, who seem to be pro-communist ideology. They're freaking out because multiple states are moving past banning critical race theory and now saying, hey, you need to be more transparent about the curriculum that you have. What are you teaching students? And so there are multiple states 
that are going to start requiring, or at least there's a push to start requiring schools to make curricula more easily accessible for parents. And NBC News actually had the audacity to claim that free speech advocate free speech advocates were worried that this would lead to censorship. Oh god. All of a sudden they care about free, free speech. speech. Yes. Very interesting. Okay, but but at the same time, if you're a teacher or an administrator or a school board member, you do work for the taxpayers. And it's not censorship if a whole lot of people in a community say, "Hey, I don't want you teaching my kids this." You're not banning anything. You're just saying, hey, we need to, you know, if you want to learn about it, if your kid wants to learn about it uh, outside of school, you can. But I don't want to pay for material A, B, or C. That's not censorship. Well, I'm not talking about most teachers when I say this, but a lot of people that sort of make the rules. And you can say Teachers Union, Randy Weingarten, all these liberals, right? Think about this for a second. What do you think they think their calling is? Is it really educating the kids the way parents would want them educated? No. Absolutely not. No. They look at the little people, which is pretty much anyone not left. Oh, They're just not very smart people. And it's our job to educate the kids so that we can get closer to this utopia that we all dream of on the left. And so, my goodness, we don't want parents actually knowing what we're teaching. It's our job. If it's left up to the parents, they may end up believing some of the same things the parents believe. And we're here to, we don't want to say indoctrinate, but to educate the children Mm -hmm. for an equitable future. It's the arrogance. uh, We're smarter than you are. That's what it is. Um, And that's exactly what it is. And, you know, back when... Even when I was a parent and my daughter was in school, grade school, high school, I didn't think about curriculum. I didn't think I had to. I know. You know, now all of a sudden you're trying to pull the rug out from under me all the time, the conniving and shell game garbage that's going on. Yeah, I damn well want to know. Yes, because I don't trust you anymore. And you think about how crazy the world has gone just in 10 years. Yes. But David brought this up yesterday. A different story. M&M characters are becoming inclusive. Eminem characters. <laughs> what? When he first said that, I was thinking of the rapper. Eminem, I'm like, characters? What does that mean? Oh, you mean the candy? Yeah. The uh, characters, oh, from the ads where they're dressed up. Those guys? Yeah, they have legs. You know the Eminems. Uh-huh. Uh, it's been problematic. I don't know if you've realized that or not. Okay? So they're going to change it around a little bit. It's a global commitment to creating a world where everyone feels they belong and society is inclusive. That's what oh Eminem said. Gosh. Mars Wrigley, oh, the parent company. So the green Eminem character is going to lose her peach-colored legs and stiletto boots in favor of white legs and sneakers. You know why? No. Why? Well, the character before was sexualized. Mars said it wanted the green Eminem to be better represented to reflect confidence and empowerment as a strong female and known for much more than her boots. Now, the brown M&M will have her heels lowered to a professional height, okay? And her character is going to be not bossy, just the boss. Oh, boy. Meanwhile, the green and brown M&Ms will no longer have a rivalry, but will now be, quote, together throwing shine, not shade. Now, the anxious orange M&M? Yeah. Yeah. Mars said is one of the most relatable characters with Gen Z. 
the most anxious generation, okay, had his shoes untied, but now will have them tied. And the red M&M, apparently the outspoken character, sometimes interpreted as bullying the other M&Ms, will start being more kind to his fellow candy character. One of the regulars will identify as a peanut, so you'll get one of those inside every one. I'm a peanut M&M. Someone said we all have a responsibility to stop crime. Wait till you hear who said it. Next. Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. We all have a responsibility to stop crime. That was said. Guess yeah. by who? This is something. By the Go governor ahead. of California, Gavin Newsom. <laughs> so he went wow. to he went to that train yard in LA, which has been targeted by gangs of thieves. Keep breaking into containers and stealing stuff. I mean, it was like what, one in nine cars had been broken into? I forgot the stat. That sounds right. It's just, it's crazy. The, the optics are insane. So It really does look like a third world country. So it's interesting that suddenly Gavin Newsom is worried about crime, considering he and his buddies have been fairly pro-crime in the last couple of years. Absolutely. No doubt about it. I see what you see. I see what you've been covering. I see what everybody's seen and asking myself, what the hell is going on? What do you think okay. is going on? Jeez. I can't tell you how frustrating that is. I don't need to. I'm sure you just heard that and you feel the same thing. Sometimes, man, I want Crenshaw, Dan Crenshaw, the rep from Texas, Jocko Willink, ex-Navy SEAL, to just stand by when an idiot like Gavin Newsom says something like that. Just to be ready if you know what I mean. Will I get in trouble for saying that I'd like to see him get popped once I, I will with just, a fist? I will just say that the opinions of Jamie Markley are for entertainment purposes only and do not necessarily represent the views of Compass Media or Alpha Media, LLC. I see what everybody's seen and asking myself, what the hell is going on? You know what's going on. You're the biggest part of the problem. I mean, look like a third world country, these images, the drone images that were on the nightly news day in and day out. Some networks weaponizing them for their own oh, shut up. political agenda and others just reporting the damn news. We need all of us to recognize our collective and individual responsibility to do more. Jocko. Everybody's always going to do more. I'm so tired of do more. Some could use it for their political gain. Well, yeah, dummy. Because it's on your watch. Most people in America don't care about political gain. They want law and order. They see that and they say, how the heck can that happen here? And it's because of limp leaders like that. And the mayor. And the DA. Same for San Francisco. I mean, Garcon? Yeah. Yes. He's, you know, he's straight up corrupt. You know, You know what's interesting is, once again, you have a situation where uh, liberals like Gavin Newsom only start caring when it starts affecting them and their friends. Like in San Francisco, when it's like a neighborhood Walgreens or a grocery store, especially in a lower-income area, nobody really cared about the massive shoplifting issue. But once they started targeting Nordstrom, 
Then it became, and it, then you had the mayor of San Francisco coming out and saying, this is going to stop. We are going to make some serious changes here. In L.A. now, that Gavin Newsom's buddies aren't getting their Amazon deliveries on time. Now it's an issue. Give me a break. Yeah. That's frustrating. All right, moving on. Um, oh, Not surprising, there was a piece on Fox talking about the University of Pennsylvania swimmer, biological male. Mm-hmm. That would be Leah Thomas. They don't want to say it to too many people, but parents of the other girls on the team are furious, talking about how morale is down. Of Remember, they. early on, media was reporting, everyone's supportive. It's only the far right that has a problem with this. That's not true at all. It's a man, baby! <laughs> yes, there's obvious advantages. <laughs> the hostages say that they're being treated well. <laughs> Of course, and you brought this up yesterday, the news that the NCAA passed the buck on the ruling of how they were going to tackle this situation. Oh, it's going to be the governing bodies of that sport. Right. And it'll be for, uh, you know, each nation, or it's if it has to, it'll go from that sport internationally. We'll let those governing bodies decide mm-hmm. what's fair. NCAA is such a joke. Just, well, as long as the money keeps pouring in, that's that's the main thing for them so anyway it was a sport by sport approach from the ncaa um and the insanity of this i'm glad happened because it's highlighted what has happened in some other sports especially track and field at the high school level this at the college level and you see what happens when you have a biological male competing against females in that sport um but what this one dad uh, told fox is yeah, for the team, morale is bad. They don't agree with what Leah's doing. They're really unhappy about the situation. Um, and you're not surprised by that. And as this situation is taking root in other areas of life, it's sort of come to the forefront. And you see the polling with the American people, how they view this situation. And legacy media is certainly taken a side on this. But you're telling me, David, a story you have. We've seen this before. There's a study that shows gender is not a social construct. Yeah, I know. Like, we needed the study, but this is a study. Right. I I just found this interesting, and it it isn't directly related to the trans discussion that's been going on in this country. Uh, But I think, you know, when you hear, well, there's really no difference. You know, womanhood is just uh, if you decide that you're a woman. And manhood is just if you decide you're a man and back and forth it goes. Well, obviously, that's not true. But here's another uh, piece of research that backs up how untrue that that really is. Um, It has to do with babies' heads. Okay, so I saw this in the Wall Street Journal. Wow. There is a substance. It's called hex. uh, And it has a whole lot of different chemicals emitted by, uh, by a baby. And what they have found it does is that when a man inhales it, like sniffs a baby's head, smells a baby's head, uh, he becomes about 20% less aggressive, while females become about 20% more aggressive. And so we won't get into the details on, on the, on the uh, studies themselves because it gets really deep in the weeds. But what they found, again, it's probably a biological or evolutionary tactic survival mechanism. 
right. right? Where a man will be around his newborn baby or his baby and not be as aggressive, you know, kind of tone it down a little bit, whereas a mother will become more aggressive to defend the baby. I find that stuff fascinating. Mm-hmm. I was listening to, if you're familiar with Jordan Peterson, one of the smartest guys of our time, at least in my opinion, um, was talking with, I think it was Brett Weinstein, about this guy's new book and all the research they do. Um, when you're talking about animal life, even plant life, males, females, I mean, it, it's biology in the end. That All these different stories of how you can tell the males from the females. And, I mean, it's something that we already know, and it's it's been accelerating fast that all of a sudden, if you just say, no, there's a man and there's a woman, transphobic, bigot, and you get called names. Mm-hmm. I mean, very rarely is someone going to actually engage in some sort of, you know, sophisticated argument about it. No. It's just name calling, and that's yeah. it, all because have- we said so. All they have is emotional blackmail. That That's really all it is. Which, by the way, is a sign of an abusive relationship. You know, saying, Ooh. like, hey, if you say that, you know, you're either a man or a woman and you don't respect my non-binary whatever, or you don't accept that uh, I'm a woman and therefore I can swim or compete in athletic competition against actual women... What you're doing is you're wanting to kill people, right? That's what they always say. You're wanting you're wanting right. trans kids to kill themselves. No, that's no. not what anybody's saying. Of course not. That is no different than an abusive spouse telling his significant other, if you leave me, I'll kill myself. It's abuse true. is what yeah. it is, and we're supposed to just accept it? No, I'm not doing that. Me neither. Well, well go ahead, Scott. Well, you know, in the real world which we tend to live in most of the time, I would have to say that if you're a parent and your daughter is competing and works her tail off and has to compete against a guy who says he's a woman, I think you'd be upset about it too. I think anybody worth their salt would be. Absolutely. I mean, you know. That's another thing that Dad said. Yeah. So this situation could potentially affect hundreds and thousands of kids. Yes. My daughter's been swimming since the age of five, and she's angry that she's in this situation. And has lost opportunities as a result of it. Given the sport everything she has, and she feels like it's sort of been taken away. It's one thing to get beat on an even playing field. Yeah. But to someone that has a distinct advantage. Yes. And it's obvious. Yeah. Yeah, that that sucks. You have to treat it just like you would performance-enhancing drugs or anything else. It's not allowed. Totally agree. Um, one other thing about Jordan Peterson real quick. I don't know if you saw this. He resigned from his tenured position at the University of Toronto. His YouTube videos and his podcast, now, I mean, they make so much money along with his books that it's not like he needed that gig. Mm-hmm. But he he actually explained why he quit, published by the National Post, because he had envisioned teaching at the University of Toronto um, as long as he possibly could. But he said one of the reasons why... Uh, said, my qualified and supremely trained heterosexual white male graduates, and I've had many others, by the way, face a negligible chance of being offered university research positions despite stellar scientific dossiers. 
It's partly because of the diversity, inclusivity, and equity mandates. My preferred acronym, DIE. <laughs> D-I-E. They've been imposed universally in academia, despite the fact that university hiring committees had already done everything reasonable for all the years of my career, and then some, to ensure that no qualified minority candidates were ever overlooked. And he goes on with a whole lot of other stuff when it comes to race, ethnicity, gender, all this stuff. He's like, I'm done. Just done. It's worth a read if if you want to check it out. Mm -hmm. Um, For a while, people were wondering, what's Jordan Peterson's opinion on lockdowns? You know, the whole pandemic thing. Uh, This was from within the last couple of weeks. And it's something that was warned about the spring of 2020. I believe that we will conclude that our response to the pandemic caused more death and misery than the pandemic itself. And we have no end game in sight. Another thing I asked the people that I was speaking with, it's like, when is this? He's referencing there just for clarification. He has a lot of people he knows within the government in Canada who are making these decisions. As far as lockdowns, when is this over? Well, we don't know. Well, what would over look like? Well, we don't really know. And now what you see is this insistence on about a monthly basis that a new and radically different variant has emerged. And this virus, viruses mutate all the time, but this virus particularly mutates. And there are small mutations and medium sized mutations, numbers, let's say, and also effect and, and, larger scale mutations, when is that a variant? Well, how about whenever it's convenient for the pharmaceutical companies? Like, when is it ever going to end? You know, when are we going to get to this place? Remember, we talked about herd immunity early on. Mm-hmm. So you wonder what it's really about. In well, the, end. the fourth vaccine is on the way. And it doesn't matter, according to Israel, the fourth does not protect you from Omicron. Right. Isn't that the study, David? Yeah, well... In Israel, yeah, there's a lot of questions about whether or not a fourth shot will prevent you from getting it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They'll keep you out of the hospital, though. Keep you from dying. But we got to shut everything down. Okay. Once it's all over and said and done, they ask people, uh, if you've saved money, if you have, what are you going to spend it on? Anybody want to venture a guess at what they said? Uh, vacation. Yep. Traveling. Yeah, 44%. To get out. Yeah. Yep. Second. Anybody? Crisis gardens. <laughs> Actually said home goods and decor. I was oh, surprised by that. You, you could do that now. I mean. That's what I thought. There were so many people doing things with their homes. Is the third buying votes? No, it was actually more gadgets and electronics. Oh, okay. Because goodness knows those have made us so much happier. <laughs> we're really idiotic. Yeah, well. <laughs> Talking about everyone involved. Going to more restaurants, clothes, stuff like that. Okay. Um, another flight had to turn around because of mass compliance. Band camp for that story and much more coming up. All right. 
The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Scott loves to ask, where's your bath? I do. All the time. I'm, I got my phone out, too, and I'm videotaping you in the grocery store. You're going to shame them. Yes, I'm going to put you on blast. So this happened on a flight again? Yeah, there was a lady on a flight that was going to London from Miami. Uh, they had to turn the plane around because the lady didn't want to wear her mask. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, American Airlines Flight 38 going from Miami to London uh, returned because, as American Airlines said, a disruptive customer was refusing to comply with the federal mask requirement. Passenger escorted off the plane without incident. The passenger was then dealt with by American Airlines staff. Uh, it was about, what, an hour and 50 minutes over the ocean before, before it Can came you imagine back. imagine being somebody else on that plane? No. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I mean, at that point, you're almost saying, can we just take a vote? Who's willing to deal with her without the mask and just right. keep rolling? And then we'll give her the caning, I mean, I'm talking to when we get to London. <laughs> Whatever. But this is a waste of everybody's time for one person here. Oh, that's infuriating. Oh, as you know, uh, sad news. I can see paradise, Meatloaf. Last week, 74. Oh, man, that was big. Yep. By the way, real quick on that song. That was the big comeback for Meatloaf after being gone for, what, 20 years or so? Yeah, it was like, bet out of hell, too. And they're like, okay, is that really going to be anything big? And it was huge. huge. Pretty remarkable career. Yeah, it was. He was, you know, it's funny because I played, he he did a song on the Free For All album from Ted Nugent. He sang one song on that album. And uh, it's a great song, but uh, it was just one of those things where that's the first time I heard his voice and didn't know it. He did a lot of things that people were not aware of. Yeah. Van Camp paid tribute today. I did. I listened to Bad Out of Hell front to back for the first time in years. Good record. Well, yeah. that that's a journey, isn't it? The whole thing. Oh yeah. Meaning? Uh, no, I I like it, but like the title track, for example, it's funny because it's like five or six songs that were almost done, just sort right. of crammed together into one nine-minute yeah. masterpiece. Opus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. It. I've. I, I met him once. Uh, he got a softball signed by Meatloaf. See, you are a collector. This has come up several times. Yeah. So th- I'm sure the value of that ball. Yeah, it goes up because obviously he's not going to be signing anything else. Yes, but you're not going to sell it anyway, so no, it doesn't matter. No, I'm not going to sell it. But right. Anyway. Um, what if somebody offered you $2,000 right now? No. Really? I'm not selling. I don't want to sell it. I don't want to sell it. I don't understand. I don't sell stuff. Hardly ever. Dude will gripe about money all day long. And you're like, hey, you got this. What if somebody offered 10 grand? No, I don't think so. Take it all with me when I live under the bridge. It all goes with me. (laughs) Okay, 50 grand for that signed ball. You're giving it up, aren't you? $50,000? Are you out of your mind? This is the Markley and Van Camp Show. Owen Roberts, (laughs) too. Are you ready? 
Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. No one, not done. Not, the history books will note it. What? <laughs> yes. What did it? What was that he said in the middle? Not done. Not done. Not done. What does that mean? I don't know. Not done. Not done. And the history books are going to note that. Not done. All right. Uh, okay. I don't know what it means. What do you look at me for? I'm not bilingual. Well, I the Josetta Stone is that. <laughs> Van Camp, I thought you had it too. I did, but I, I, it needs to be uh, updated because there's all sorts of new language, like that That's word, true. for instance, was not included in the first round. Okay, Nandetta was. Yeah, yeah. The, so history's going to note our foreign policy yes. under the Biden administration. Yes. You know, one of the greatest in American history, right? Oh, sure, yes. yeah. Well, the yeah. latest on that. He's uh, big into the history will we'll reflect or the biggest in history or the most in history or yeah. yeah. Uh, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken has been talking to his counterparts in Ukraine and Russia. They don't want Russia to invade Ukraine, although they're not being extremely clear as to what they're willing to do about it if, in fact, Russia decides to invade Ukraine. Because the other day, Joe Biden said, well, it's one thing if it's a minor incursion. And then, you know, everybody's trying to play, you know, it's clean up on aisle Joe. They're saying, no, the president's been very clear about where he stands with Russia, all right? Uh, on Good Morning America today, Anthony Blinken, Secretary of State, was asked, what exactly have you accomplished specifically talking to officials in Russia about this? Good question. Uh, George, we didn't anticipate there'd be any breakthroughs, but uh, what we were doing is testing whether there is still a path forward for diplomacy, for dialogue, to resolve a, a crisis that Russia has created by amassing uh, 100,000 forces on, on Ukraine's border and threatening uh, to renew its aggression against Ukraine. Uh, and so in the last uh, couple of weeks, we've been engaged in intense uh, diplomacy, including conversations with Russia. Uh, the same thing every time. It hasn't accomplished anything. Right. Yeah. So why? What are you going to do now? Directly with the United States, at, at NATO, uh, at the Organization for Security and Cooperation in Europe, words, uh, words, words. among uh, allies and partners. Words. And based on that, President Biden asked me to meet uh, today with uh, my Russian counterpart, uh, Prime Minister Lavrov, uh, to uh, see if there is a path forward for uh, diplomacy and dialogue to resolve uh, this uh, this potential crisis and uh, to see where we were. Golly, man. Mm. Yeah. And we're going to exchange playlists. And, and, and just try to have community together? Yeah. Yeah. Good luck with that. This guy, this whole administration is a frigging joke. It, honestly, and I mean this honestly, can you name one in this administration that has been doing, like, an admirable job? Not like a great job, just admirable. Can I? Is there anybody that comes to mind? There's got to be one. Well, <laughs> I'm actually trying to think. I am too. There's hmm. maybe because you don't hear about them. Oh, I, I think we'd hear about them. So that's what I mean. Legacy media. So maybe Edge Edge is not no, doing a great job. Just isn't doing any job. That, period. That guy went AWOL. Well, during... That's what I mean. You don't hear about him. So maybe maybe that's not a bad thing. I don't know. I don't know if it's necessarily a check mark in the good column, but with Blinken, remember. 
the whole debacle with the drone strike in Afghanistan? Oh, gosh, yeah. We should relive that for just about 20 seconds or so. And Rand Paul was asking the question to Blinken. Was he an aid worker or an ISIS-K operative? Uh, From the drone strike. The administration is, of course, reviewing that uh, that strike, uh, and I'm sure that a you know full assessment will be will no, be. No, you don't know if it was an aid worker or an ISIS K operative. Uh, I can't speak to that, and I can't speak to that in this setting in any event. So you don't know or won't tell us. Uh, I don't. I don't know because we're, we're reviewing it. How do you not know? Well, see, you'd think you'd kind of know before you off somebody <laughs> with a predator drone, whether he's an aid worker or he's an ISIS K. Yes. You would think, yes. You'd think. No, it's... <laughs> it's like the way he says when you off somebody. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what they did. They killed a bunch yes, of kids. Before you off somebody, maybe you might want to know who it is. Right. I thought someone might be breaking into my house, so I just started shooting wildly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I know we got to move on to other things. I could keep going there. Um, did you want to get to an update or joyless read? Uh, well, we got, a, we got a news update here. Because there's been a lot of talk about schools and and schools staying open, and we had the whispering from Joe Biden the other day. Most are open. 95% are open. Right. Except a lot of districts, a lot of large districts, are still entertaining the idea of going back and forth between remote learning, um, which has been an utter failure. Now, Jen Psaki today was asked about why in the world... Is anybody considering closing schools right now when we know that doesn't do anything to slow the spread of the coronavirus? Why is that even a talk? We've spent billions of dollars to upgrade ventilation systems. Where's that money gone? And this lady targets Florida, of all places, about school closures. Florida schools have been open. What is she saying? Here is uh, Jen Zaki, the White House press secretary. Um, but we're continuing to exert pressure anywhere that hasn't. So in terms of uh, an example would be Florida, where they have done little to uh, to distribute money, uh, to little to no steps to distribute money to state across the state into school uh, districts. Um, now, part of it is you have to write a plan for how you're going to keep schools open to get the third tranche of money. And some have been delayed in that. But right now, that's an example of a state that could do more. They opened the schools without your stupid money. Yes, they did. Because, as most people knew, by the fall of 2020, it was always safe. Yeah. When you were talking about, because we got to keep our kids safe, they were safe. Mm-hmm. Right? They could have kept going. It's a joke. These, You know what? They're bad people. Just going all in with Van Camp. When he just goes they through are. the broad statement, they're bad people. They are bad people. They just lie through their teeth. Yeah. Gee whiz. All right, Joyless Reed, we got to suffer through this. What's this bull crap? <laughs> Golly, it's Friday. Yeah. I want to be in a better mood. The one thing that the Biden administration is saying they've done well was the bipartisan infrastructure deal, which apparently, I didn't know this, but it's racist. What? According to Joy Reid. Well, everything on, is. On well, MSNBC. Yeah. Now, she was interviewing the Transportation Secretary, Pete Buttigieg, okay. and was mad that uh, the bipartisan infrastructure deal passed without the rest of the Build Back Better scam. Okay. The infrastructure bill um, that was passed was cleaved apart from what's now being called Build Back Better. And in a sense, 
It's a bill that's like a white guy employment act, right? There's going to be a lot of working class men that are going to get employed by that bill, but that's the very cohort that is much more likely to reward Republicans for that. That's who they vote for most. Based on what? She's hideous. Just hideous. Everything. Yeah. I mean, that's probably why she's losing the show. Isn't that supposed to be, what, another month or so? Uh, Mid-March. I, I That's the word, at least. I don't know right. how much stock I put in it. but it's, I'll put her out there every day. Yeah, she wants to keep blowing up bridges before she leaves. Okay. Yes. You know, working-class white guys vote Republican. Meanwhile, all the stuff for the women, for, you know, for, for moms, for people who need child care, for people of color that's going to affect climate, which young <laughs> people really care about, you know, extending the child tax credit, all the stuff that helps families and, and women yeah. and younger people and, you know, people yeah. with college debt. All that got dropped. Do you think it was a mistake to split those bills? <laughs> okay. Do you, do you even want to bother with, with Mayor Pete's answer? Well, yeah, honestly. Okay. You know, right. Because, it, listen, he's got to do the dance, right? Mm-hmm. Right. The dance of, okay, as a white guy, I got to, you know, kowtow down to Joy and make her believe I'm on her side, which means any masculine quality he's had at all has got to go down, and he has to apologize for being white. That's got to be part of this answer. So let's see how he does. No, I, and I want to challenge the idea that this is a, a bill that only benefits one part of the oh. population. I, I get where you're coming from and, and what you're saying, but uh, look. Uh, you... Wait a second. He's gonna, he gets where she's coming from. How right. do you get that? Right. It's nonsense. <laughs> I thought he grew a pair for a second, and then it, it was gone. Shriveled back up. Uh, look, uh, you look at something like the investment in transit. You know, it's it's Americans of color, commuters of color, who are most likely to depend on that. You look at the jobs we're going to create, and yeah, they have been traditionally white and male, but it doesn't have to stay that way. We are working at, with a lot of focus at the direction of the president to make sure that everything from the contracting opportunities for small business to the labor opportunities for workers, fixing the bridges, installing the electric vehicle charging stations, are more likely to be workers of color, are more likely to be women. We're working on... Honestly, it's a lot about equity, isn't it? You got a quota. You got to make sure of it. That, I mean, I'm not lying, right? That's part of it, isn't it? Well, sure. Everything yeah. is all about seeing things through the lens of race. So, how can Joy even say that? Well, it's a bunch of white guys. Well, right. there's probably a quota. It's not going to be just white guys, idiot. Women in trucking. After all, if we have a trucking labor issue, not enough people behind the wheel, and 50% of the country is being underutilized in terms of uh, needing to call more women into that profession, we can do a lot about that. Now, I also get what you're saying. You know, we look at, at the care economy, we look at parts of the economy that do employ uh, more women right now, more workers of color, oh, but uh, there too. I mean, I, I think we shouldn't uh, assume that it's only uh, something that means something to one part of the population. The child care uh, means an awful lot okay. to me. I'm a guy, but it's going to mean a lot to me as a parent. Mm-hmm. Gonna put daycares and truck stops. That'll work. <laughs> How about just mobile daycares? Yeah, right. A daycare yeah. in the back. You know, you're, you're back, shipping yeah. IKEA furniture, and you've got like a playpen back there. Yeah, Twenty feet of it is playpen. Yeah. yeah. Well, part of me almost feels like he pushed back a little bit, but it was in a sly way, and maybe I'm wrong with that. Bringing up the trucking industry. Traditionally, women haven't wanted that job. No. No, not, I'm not talking about every woman, of course. I'm just talking about statistics, all right? Uh, I've heard other people bring up, uh, I don't hear women talking about equity when it comes to bricklayers because a lot of women don't want that job. So is that Pete's way of pushing back to say, hey, these jobs are open for different people, but they got to want to do it? 
I'm probably giving him way too much credit. Yeah. Probably not. But racism is Joy Reid's stairway to heaven. I mean, that's that's her best, that's her greatest hit. That's well, all she's got. Yeah, but dude. even now, she Robert She opens Plant, the show and closes the show with it. At least know? now, Robert Plant's a little bit embarrassed by stairway to heaven. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But that's that's her game. That's what she, every night, it's the same show. Same show. No. The, the, world the whole racist. comparison, i got to tell you, I'm pushing back on this. Okay. You cannot compare Stairway to Heaven or Led Zeppelin with Joy Reid. No. That is a freaking party foul that I'm greatly offended okay. by. Okay, well, I'm If sorry you want to make that. an aha reference. <laughs> like okay, a one-hit wonder type yeah, thing? It's Take On Me. And so she's got to open the show with Take On Me. And in the middle of the show, you know, sort of end a Take On Me with one of their other crappy songs. And then end it again with Take On Me. Then I'll go with it. <laughs> okay, this is a little off subject, but i gotta, I got to bring this up. Do you remember the band Steel Breeze? You don't want me anymore. Dee, 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 dee. <laughs> I saw those guys. They opened with it, and they closed with it. There were a lot of one-hit wonder I bands swear. that would do that. That's what I'm saying. That's all she's got. Yeah, that's race, the joy race, 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 race. <laughs> Jeez, man, she's awful. Okay. <sighs> <sighs> so NPR is actually acknowledging their fake news? Are they really? All right, we'll get to that. Much more coming up. Thank you so much for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins, NPR. And they had some fake news this week, and it got called out. <laughs> oh, yeah, they did. And they're standing by it still, kind of. National. That's Public. what I thought, because when you said uh, they're going to acknowledge it, I'm no, like, they, are they? No, they refuse to acknowledge. That's what I thought. They're fake news. So, yeah, NPR, uh, one of the most racist uh, pieces of communist propaganda out there, uh, had a story about masking in the Supreme Court. They got it wrong, but they can't admit it. Uh, the story initially was that Neil Gorsuch, Justice Gorsuch, refused to wear a mask, and Justice Sonia Sotomayor was forced to hear arguments remotely as a result because she's got diabetes. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, both of them said the story was a surprise to them. There had been no disagreement on that front. Chief Justice John Roberts came out and said, hey, I never asked anyone to mask up, but NPR is standing by the reporter, Nina Totenberg. Uh, the public editor, though, who apparently is not associated with the newsroom, I'm not really sure how that racist communist outfit runs, but evidently she's not with the newsroom. Okay. Uh, uh, Kelly McBride is her name. She said there should be a clarification, but not a correction to the story. The clarification comes down to poor verb use. Okay. Poor verb use. You can't parody this. <laughs> <laughs> Poor verb use. Yeah. yeah. What, what the meaning of is, is. Yeah, it, it, it shouldn't have been John Roberts asked people to wear a mask. It should have been suggested that people wear masks. Okay. Yeah. And that changes everything. Yeah. Nina Totenberg, though, told the Daily Beast uh, she can write any damn thing she wants, whether or not I think it's true. She's not clarifying anything. Uh, she says, well, look, I got nothing to say except I'm sticking by my reporting. Okay, you know the, what? And she won't get fired because nobody gets fired. Right. Well, the, the, we pay the, for it. 
the three primary characters all refuted your reporting, though. So whatever. Yes. I mean, yeah. we knew we know NPR is fake news, though. So that's not really all that much of a surprise. But most people in America, I don't know if they understand that honestly. If no, they know you can they trust don't. it, it's public. Right. They don't. <laughs> right. Well, in reading that story, I didn't know she was held in some sort of high regard. I'm sure she thinks she is. Most people don't know who she is. Whatever. You know, that's the thing. Trust in media we've seen all-time low. Health officials, government officials, it goes on. There was a piece in The Federalist talking about how the CDC has really destroyed public trust. Yeah. I don't know if there's any going back after what we've seen over the last couple of years. And well, you know what? You could go back. You could clean house. You, you could, but they don't want to do and it. Bring on fresh faces. New a, a new commitment to the truth. Yeah, I mean, but no, you're right. No, I, I don't think. But it, that's the, the one way you may be able to that. fix it. They yeah. just don't want that. Right. Most of us want truth. They don't want it. And it reminds me of that study that came out that 50 percent of Democrats thought that there was a 50 percent chance if you got COVID, you were ending up in the hospital. That is unbelievable how far away from reality that is. And it's from consuming basically fake news all of the time. Yeah. You know, according to Health and Human Services, how many, as far as the percentage goes, of inpatient beds were in use for COVID-19 two days ago? What would you guess? Because... Alarm bells have been ringing across the country, and I know we've all known people with COVID. Yeah, oh, yeah. And it's overrunning the hospitals. We've heard it. So what percentage of inpatient beds were in use for COVID-19 two days ago? That's the question. Nationwide. Yes. Oh, gosh. I don't even. I couldn't even guess. I'd we guess have to. Uh, somewhere around 30%. Scott? 50%. 22%. Oh, gosh. Okay. That doesn't mean that 22% of inpatients occupied those beds because they tested positive. Many were receiving treatments for conditions unrelated to COVID. The number is actually less than that. Would you know that? No. No. We look at stories every day. You wouldn't know that. Not surprised. Did see this story. Because, you know, when there was a lot of movies coming out, we'd talk about movies mm -hmm. on Friday. I was shocked by this. Martha Stewart once dated Anthony Hopkins. No kidding. Wow. I think she was on Ellen. But that came out. And she broke up with him. Martha Stewart broke up with <laughs> Sir Anthony Hopkins. Why? She said, <laughs> I have a big scary house in Maine that's way by itself on 100 acres in the forest. And I couldn't even imagine taking him there. I couldn't because of his performance as Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> so all I could think of him was eating, you know? He did call her Clarice. <laughs> he did not. <laughs> it just freaked her out. That story was crazy to me. Okay, get this. TSA accepts arrest warrants as valid IDs for illegals. Next.
All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. No one not done it. The history books will yeah, know. The history books are going to notice a lot of things with this presidency. Yeah. What? What was that word? Nantana? It's going to take all day to figure that out. Nantana. Nantana. That's the name of Elizabeth Warren's tribe. Nantana. 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 I think we could write a song around it. Nantana. 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 Yes. Okay, so arrest warrants are valid IDs for illegal immigrants. No way. Isn't that something? Are you kidding me? So that so the border crisis hasn't gone away. In fact, uh, uh, there has been a massive caravan of people showing up. Uh, I think it's Eagle Pass, uh, southern Texas. Um, and uh, evidently, the TSA has told uh, congressional office that illegal migrants flying without proper ID can use an arrest warrant as an alternative. As an alternate form of identification when they show up at airport security. Uh, Now, the Daily Caller News Foundation was the first one to get this. Uh, Fox News is reporting it as well today. Uh, Now, this is in response to Republican Texas Representative Lance Gooden's December 15th question about illegal immigrants flying across the country. And the TSA administrator explained that certain Department of Homeland Security documents may be considered acceptable forms of alternate identification for non-citizens, including a warrant for arrest of alien and warrant for removal and deportation. Okay, you show up and you present that to a TSA agent in a sane world. The response is, come with me. Yes. We can put you in handcuffs if we need to. Yeah. Yes. Okay. We're basically decriminalizing everything. You know, listen, man, when you're talking about the Great Reset and people say it's conspiracy theory, I, I think of it every single time. It's a book. It was the World Economic Forum. That's the only thing that makes sense with all of the madness that's going on about the elites ruling everything. Good golly. Have I lost my mind, David? No, I don't think so. I mean, it, it, it is. This has been a big opportunity, and you know that because there have been lawmakers in our Congress who have said we're going to use COVID as a way of trying to get things done that we'd, we'd like to have done for a long time. Uh, and it's that, not putting the United States first. No, that, that was Jim Clyburn talking about uh, creating new entitlement programs uh, under the guise of COVID relief. Yes. It has to do with leaders around the world. Giving them more power. It, the only thing that makes sense, I mean, it's freaking crazy, man. Um, what was it? The governor of California? Yeah. Do, it, okay, sometimes you see a headline. You're like, this can't be. Was he afraid that he was offending people by the use of the word gangs? Yes. You're joking. Okay, so, so there's... Just when I think, no way. So there's Really? Been, so there's been a big problem in Los Angeles because people are robbing trains. And, I mean, really, we talked about it before. The images, they, they look like, it looks like a third-world country. It's insanity. Right? Absolutely. So Governor Newsom is like, hey, geez, uh, I wonder who actually is responsible for all of this. Uh, he went to a rail yard himself to see it, and he apologized for calling these gangs gangs during his passionate speech. Just mark my words. This is not one-off. This is organized. Yeah. 
These are organized gangs of people that are coming out. And forgive me for saying gangs. I know that, that, that that's not a pejorative. They're organized groups of folks. Oh, <laughs> Organized groups of folks. Don't call it a gang. Call it an organized group. Group of folks. <laughs> hey, man, are you running with an organized group of folks? <laughs> yeah, man. This is our block. What year was it someone took that guy's testicles hostage? And where are they? Is there any hope of getting them back for that guy? <laughs> Did you see him out there with his mask on picking up trash, by the way? Yeah. Well, yeah. That may be one scenario where a mask might be warranted, actually. That's true. It's pretty gross. But it's not like these guys are like it's... Jesse James in these trains. You know. No, it's not a holdup with people right, on yeah. board. Taking their pocket watch and their wedding ring. <laughs> <laughs> It's their Amazon boxes. Right. Yes. That's why some of the elites are so upset. It probably isn't their new ring. Yeah, you never know. My gosh. I saw this piece, Switching Gears. It was out of the Federalist, um, talking about just human dignity and that working for a living brings human dignity, something that we've known for a long time, not just in this country, but in the history of the world. Patrick Gary wrote this piece. Professor of Law, University of South Dakota. Anyway, uh, he goes back to the Great Depression, and to sort of set it up, he says, the generation of the Great Depression pretty much demonstrated that economic poverty did not permanently cripple as long as human dignity survived. Yeah. And Scott, you've talked about this for a long time. Well, we and we're looking at right. now dismissing work brings oppression. But that's what our country is doing to people. I know. Making it okay to not, not work. work. Yes, I agree. And it seems to grow every single year. You know, you and I were talking about this before we went on the air, and uh, our fathers are relatively the same age. My dad's passed, but, um, you know, they were the, the, the people, there were always people who didn't work that lived in and around you. And they were referred to as bums. Oh, you're talking about that bum hasn't worked in 10 years. You know, he's living off his wife or living off his parents or whatever. Right. There was, and there was actual, they had kids. Yes. They weren't providing. I right. Know what and you're part of at. that yeah. threshold into manhood was this is what you did. Right. You worked. You worked. Absolutely. Because that's what men did. Yes. Well, and that's not biblical. a sexist statement. That's just me saying that this is what they did. Yes. Well, I mean, they talk in the piece about um, social wel welfare programs, as we all, all know, instituted in the 60s, right? Yep. And it proved disastrous to people who became trapped in them. And yes. that was what the 1996 welfare reform sought to reinstate work requirements. And now Democrats are trying to undo all of that. And the writer just says, when a society dismisses and disregards a foundation of human dignity, it travels a path toward inhumanity and oppression. And, yeah, if you're in that situation where you haven't had to work for a while, the thought of actually working, I'm sure, sucks. Oh, yeah. It's terrifying. Yeah. Can I really make it? You start to question yourself. Read all about it. Um, but a lot of people on the left no longer see value in work. That's incredible. That that even, That is even being brought up. It's incredible. Yes. It's incredible. But when people are asking, what are we doing paying people to stay home? 
when there are jobs available. No value seen in work. And as the writer says, well, the left wants government dependence. He wants people dependent on the government. I mean, you know, you like you're nuts. Yeah. When you say, okay, if you're able-bodied, right, yes. and you're not working as a guy at 27, okay, you got to be made to go pick up trash along the highway. There's plenty of trash wherever it is. Think about the unemployed in Los Angeles, for example. We we're just talking about LA. Okay, your work assignment today to earn your food and the money you're getting from the government, you're going to be picking trash at that train yard today. Oh, that, but that, that could hurt somebody's feelings. I don't give up. So what? You don't work, you don't eat. That's the real world. Seems simple, doesn't it? Yeah, but yes. But you're also forgetting that a lot of the people, especially on the left, who are pushing for a permanent welfare state or an expanded welfare state, uh, even if they don't call themselves Marxist or they don't call themselves communist, they are ascribing to that ideology, which is that work is slavery. That's what they genuinely believe, and they believe That's that true. you should be provided for somehow. It doesn't work that way. It's never worked that way. And it is. I think that's absolutely true. It takes away a person's dignity. They may not even realize it. 100% agree. All right. That's been some bad news there. You want some good news? Yeah. Give it maybe, to maybe, especially you, Scott. It's more for you and I than David. But I don't know. Maybe give another 15 years to David. It's for bald people. Okay? They're lying to us again, aren't they? Well, go ahead, though. They think there is going to be a cure for baldness. They've been swindling the bald for years. They have. Mm -hmm. But just recently, researchers grew a thick tuft of hair on a mouse. (laughs) Say it could lead to a stem cell-based cure for baldness. Well, I'm waiting. (laughs) You saying time is running out? Yes, for me it is, yes. So if that were the case and it was a pill, would you take it? Yep. What if there were some side effects? What are they? I don't know, David. Imagine some side effect side effects for Scott. Side effects, like if, uh, if I'm taking this pill to grow my hair back, yeah. what uh, what can't I do? Oh, what can't you do? Well, like what's the side effect? What's oh, going to harm me? What might increase headaches occasionally? Yeah, we'll you say gonna, that. It'll increase hair growth elsewhere on your body. You might have a little more back hair, say, yeah. maybe on the bottom of your feet, something like that. That's what clothes are for. <laughs> Actually, the back hair thing, that's how it works, right? Your back hair becomes so long that you can just comb it forward, and it looks like you've got oh, real hair. Oh, I, no one wants that. Oh, God. Nobody wants that. But you uh, would. you take it, even with the side effects. Well, those side effects, hair on, hair on my, my feet. More hair, some headaches. Well, it depends on the severity of the headache, I guess. You know, you take it, and it is. It's kind of bad for a few hours, but then you kind of get over it. How often do I have these headaches? Twice a week. No, that's a lot. I don't know. I'm just trying to judge it here. I just might go with the Chrome Dome for that. What what would be worse if they said, okay, you're going to have uh, headaches that could be somewhat severe, although short-lived, twice a week, or once every three months at a time that you don't know you're going to have explosive diarrhea? Why would no that be warning. like any other month? No dude? warning whatsoever. 
No, I don't. I don't. I know. I wouldn't like explosive <laughs> diarrhea. Is not good. Those two words working together, I hate it. Okay, what if it was what once if it a was year? Once a year, explosive <laughs> diarrhea once, once a year. A year. I, n- I never know when it's going to happen. You don't know. You <laughs> it just happens. You don't know. But it's only once every 365 days. But oh. a full thicket of hair. Would I trade it off for one? With this, one episode of explosive diarrhea. You're only you're only going to have about 60 seconds lead time as well. When it hits, it only hits once. I'm taking it. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking it. <laughs> you do it. You're, you're yes, yes. <laughs> Got to yep. risk it for the biscuit. Right? Yes, I do. It's like, please don't be the day of my daughter's wedding. Please, <laughs> please, please, not that day. Please, no. Okay. So, is there a feud between Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis? Get to that next. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer. Point this out. David Van Camp, shocking to people as a millennial. Not a shock to anyone. Scott Robbins, the baby boomer. No. Okay. Do we uh, have a little fight going on between a baby boomer and a Gen Xer in that Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis yeah. are feuding? Maybe, maybe not. I, I mean, obviously, it's going to get rough if both of them decide to run for president in 2024, because uh, mm-hmm. that's just Trump's style. And Ron DeSantis doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who backs away from a fight. I don't no. know how nasty it really is behind the scenes. I kind of think that a lot of times media just kind of wants this fight to happen, so they're they're pushing it more than it really exists at the moment, at least. It's going to happen. At some point. Sure. But, yeah, you don't need to push it. Yeah. So uh, Trump was on Hannity last night. He says, no, nah, it's fake news. Oh, okay. He's done a really terrific job in in Florida. And I think, you know, Ron has been very good. He's been a friend of mine for a long time. It's totally fake news. I think Ron said last week, he said it very publicly, he says, the press is never going to get in the middle of my friendship with Donald Trump. We're not going to do that stuff. And he said it very strongly. I thought it was very interesting, actually, and very nice. But he said that, and I agree with him on that 100%. No, I have a very good relationship with Ron. Okay. What's your takeaway, Scott? Uh, my takeaway, it's manufactured, and uh, it's something the left would love to see happen, them going at each other and tearing each other apart, um, and they create controversy out of pretty much thin air. Okay. David? I mean, I, again, I, I think they are definitely sizing each other up if, if in fact, they're thinking we might have to run against one another mm-hmm. in the next Republican primary. And make no bones about it, it'll get ugly if they do. If Trump jumps into the race and DeSantis decides to go ahead and run, it'll get ugly. I tend to think that maybe there's some simmering whatever there, just political stuff, but... Some of the reports have been reading in a little bit too much into individual statements. I agree with that. Yeah. And it's I definitely going to be on. DeSantis will handle it much better than Ted Cruz did. I mean, should that come up? 
Because Trump obliterated Ted Cruz. He obliterated yes. everybody. Yeah, that's true. Y- yeah. Really, Rubio was the only one that got in the ring, and it was so out of his style. Yeah. That it, it didn't really fit. Mm-mm. It did not work for him. No, it didn't. I mean, I will never forget the day it happened. Because we, you and I, David, were watching it. Scott, I think you might have still been in the hospital. Yeah. And Rubio went out there with the whole orange thing and the fake tan, and he was, you know, getting right down in it with Trump. And it was fascinating to see, and you didn't know what the reaction would be, but it really blew up in his face. You know, yeah, it got nasty. Thank God he has really large ears, the biggest ears I've ever seen. Oh, yeah, with Rubio. Oh, that's right. It's Rubio! <laughs> wow. And then, don't we have some of that? He doesn't sweat because his pores are clogged from the spray tan that he uses. Oh, yeah. Donald is not going to make America great. He's going to make America orange. Oh, and he went after his hands. Yeah. Remember the whole Tiny thing with hands Trump? Thing? Yes. Yeah. yeah, he did that too, I'm pretty sure. Rubio. His hands are the size of someone who's 5'2". Have you seen his hands? They're like this. And that, of course, led to the debate stage where Donald Trump on a presidential oh. debate stage <laughs> talked about the size of his rooster. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 2015 was a hell of a year, man. <laughs> I guarantee you there's no problem. <laughs> oh, we're in for it, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, yeah, we don't even have time right now to go through how he took each person apart. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Wow. We'll never let it be said that we haven't been supportive of uh, the current president. Booker's governor and money pre-K. All through this first year of Biden's presidency, we've been there for him. All right. And to celebrate one year. <laughs> I can barely say this. Uh, for the Friday Five, the countdown we do every Friday, taking a little break from news. It's been one year. What about the greatest songs of all time with one in the title? There's a lot of great songs. No one, not done. The history books will note it. Yeah, in the history of music, at least in our lifetime, one of the greatest songs with one in the title. If you want to get in early, the number is 210. 210- Six one nine two zero five three. Again, two one zero six one nine two zero five three. The Friday Five songs with one in the title, and we'll kick it off next. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. That time of the week, time for the Friday Five. It's the countdown we do every Friday, and it starts like this. The countdown is on. You know what this means? It's our favorite time of the week. Friday Five. It will test your head and your mind and your brain. On the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. 
Democratic Five today in honor of President Biden's one-year anniversary office. Songs with one in the title. Yeah, Not we're once, gonna, yes, no. Just one. We were going to do songs with <laughs> in the title, but we don't know how to spell it. Yeah. Well, it's a, yeah, that's a little tougher. Pre-K. The pre-K. Yeah. Yeah. The pre-K, pre-K. Yeah. There was one that one song by Helix that had that, but outside of that, that was it. So we decided to do one for one year. And the number to call in is 210-619-2053. Who's up first today, David? Uh, let's start off with Woody in Washington. Hey, Woody. Hey, guys, love your show. Question for you. Can the yellow peanut M&M now identify as the red plain M&M? Damn right. Yes. Um, there are no, no rules here. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I thought it had something to do about losing its nuts. That's true, yes. yes. See, I hadn't Good thought point. of it that way. Yeah. yeah meaning well played, Woody. they're crazy, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. My song, Queen, Another One Bites the Dust. Oh, yeah. Well, that's just a walk-off number right one. There. You're new to the show. Scott Robbins, huge Queen fan. Yep. Wearing a Queen hoodie today. Yep. You played this in Top 40, didn't you? Yep. Did you like it at the time? Uh, you know what? It's weird. Um, initially, no. But, you've but grown it to grew like on it? me. Yeah, as time went on. Yeah. Yeah. I remember buying that album. The game? Was yes. it the game? The yeah. week it came out. Yeah, it was 1980. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm younger than you. But... I was a top 40 J, man. Yeah. I heard it on the rock station. I didn't listen to you. But anyway. Of course you did. Well, it's okay. But, I mean, that was one of those big crossovers. It, oh, it was huge. Yeah. It was dance, weird... dance floors were full, everything. Yeah. But for a while, it was like in the rock world, like even rock radio didn't play it because yeah. they looked at it like disco-y. And then it came back around and then it become, you know, it just became epic yeah. for generations. So that's a good number one for a one song. Okay, who's next? Uh, we got Jim in Portland. Hey, Jim. Hey, guys. Uh, I know you've been talking about Meatloaf passing away, but we also lost Louie Anderson, the comedian. Yeah. 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 Funny, funny guy. I hope, but, I, I'm, uh, anyway. I'm really bracing for the third one now. Yeah, oh, exactly. Man. They say they come in three, so that's who's right. next? Yep. So, well, you guys actually use this in your intro, so I'm going to go with Three Dog Night, one. Oh, that's right, man. Well played. Number three. Oh, come on, Scott. Everybody's waiting for you to match that vocal. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> I thought you were going to go for it. There's no way. No. Well, test of time. What do you put on that song? I don't know. The oldie stations still play it. Yeah, I, I gave it a pretty high test of time score just because everybody knows... The first line, even. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I always liked those guys because there was a little edge to them. Yeah. There's some cool guitar stuff going on in that song. Yeah, that was the second record I had ever had as a little kid, four-year-old, Three Dog Night, because I was influenced by my uncle. Yeah. Johnny Cash and Three Dog Night. That's not a that's not a bad way to go. It's a weird double that's bill, cool. but, you know, yeah. Not bad. Okay. Who's next? Uh, Greg in Portland. Hey, Greg. Hey, guys. Hey, Greg. You know, I, I can't believe you didn't have Metallica's one, but uh, I went with... Uh, dude, dedicated, dude, a dedicated, dude, what? dude, hold on. I had it in my top five. I did. Yeah, that's, that's what I guess. 
Um, so I'm, I guess it I'm rocks too it. hard for this, the rest of the show. I don't know. And certainly not for me. That's iconic. I mean, what, Scott? Nothing. You're rolling your eyes. Oh, I'm not. I'm not rolling you my eyes your at all. Eyes. There's no eye roll going. It's a test of timer. It's fantastic. Anyway, go ahead. What was the other one? All right. So I dedicated this song to my wife, Monica, and Donald Trump. Uh, you're still the one by the Orleans. Oh, yeah. Number four. Do you like that one? Scott? Does that rock too hard or is that right in your... No, that's, that's a wheelhouse, sir. Okay. Make it sure. Yeah, that, that's a test of timer. The great Orleans. Yes. You would agree that's a bigger test of timer than Three Dog Night? Yeah, maybe, I guess. I don't know. I'm not familiar with that world too much anymore. I just mean almost like in advertising. Yeah, it's it probably still like, around. Oh, yeah. yeah. All the time. Yeah, it, you hear it different places. It seems like it never ends. But, yeah, it's fun. Still the one to scratch my itch. You're still the one who likes to. What? B-word. Okay. All right. That was our eighth grade version of that song. Now, on with the countdown. Yes, yeah. thank you, uh, Casey. Again, songs with one in the title. Who's next, David? All right, well, he just woke up from his nap, and he's got a pudding cup in his hand. It's Joey from Scranton, PA. Hey, Joey. Hey, fellas. It's, it's, your, it's your boy Joey here from uh, from Scranton, Pennsylvania. Hey, How's Joey, congrats on one year, uh, buddy. Hey, thanks, man. I, I didn't think I'd be alive this long, but uh, here I am, so... I got a great song. It came out back when I was uh, 35 in uh, 1961. Uh, it's my song to uh, Xi Jinping. It's uh, One Love by Bob Marley. <laughs> One love, let's get Anybody else like that song? I like that song a lot. Okay. It's okay. Rock. It's okay. I, I mean, you I'm, don't like it. Just say it. You well, don't like it. It's I, okay. I don't. I don't dislike it. I just not anything I'd reach for, like you say. I'm the only one who's not racist, and I had it in my top five. Didn't make it. That's true. Sad. That is the rule, right? If you don't rank the songs as I see fit, you are in fact a racist. racist. Exactly. Yes. I'm. I'm. I'm taking a page out of the playbook. Uh, my supremacy was showing in my five. There you go. <laughs> See? All right. Who's next? Uh, Mary in Delaware. Hey, Mary. Hi. Happy Friday, guys. Do Mary. Mary. What you thinking today? Well, today I'm thinking the old popular You're the One That I Want from Greece. You're the one that I want. Absolutely. I have Number that. five. That was in my top five. It's fun. I have heard the Tesla version. They didn't do it. Uh, that'd be great. Okay, wait a second. Robbins, you did not have that in your top five. No. Okay, that for a hit, that's a 10. That was a big hit. I played it. Test of time. What, a yeah, nine? I no, I don't know about that. I'd never hear that anywhere. I think I gave it an eight. 
by wow. Greece is like generational. Well, I don't. I see. mean, it keeps going on and on and on. Well, you didn't my, like my that one. My personal like is way down on that one too. So. Really? Well, it's not anything I go. Hey, you're the one that I want's on. Well, listen, dude. It's not like that's in my playlist, but if it comes on, it's like, yeah, I like it. It's fun. I took my but daughter to see Grease on Broadway. Did I ask about it? I'm I'm a fan. See, <laughs> you're you're trying to paint me into a picture about. No, I'm just saying. You just say, but, but it kept out of your top five because usually with the top forty stuff, you're going to raise well, it a little bit. I, I was just do surprised. It with that one. Yeah. Okay. No problem. No problem. We're still looking for number two. By the way, a lot of people are guessing these really well. Hmm. What? I don't remember what number two was. So. Oh, now I'm stumped a little bit. Okay, who's next, David? Uh, we got John in Connecticut. Hey, John. Hello, gentlemen. How are you doing? Great, John. Always good to hear from you, man. Uh, so it's a pleasure. Uh, I have a band that came out of New York before New York went down the commode. Blondie, <laughs> one way or another. Well played. really got that growl Okay, I admit it. I will reach for Blondie occasionally. Oh, I do playlist. Yeah. Yeah. I, one of the most... doesn't like Blondie either. I like Blondie, really? okay? No, anytime I bring up Blondie, he's like, eh. Sorry, I played it so much, though. At Top 40, you played this stuff all the time. I had one time the Blondie playlist going on my phone. And I just yeah. happened to need to go to the uh, uh, mechanic. And so when they fired it up, the tide is high was blasting on my speakers. <laughs> so that was kind of embarrassing. That's not, not a moment I was proud of. Yeah, that's probably not one in the Blondie catalog you'd want to have <laughs> represent your personal like of no. Blondie more than any other. But those I'm things happen. <laughs> I think I'm the only one here that likes Rapture, too. Yep. It's okay. As I get the dead look from the other <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's okay. I mean, you can't judge taste. It probably rocks too hard for you. That's okay. Yeah. Again, the number real is rocker. 210-619-2053. Songs with one in the title. We'll wrap it up coming up right here. Yeah. Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. All men and women created by go. You know the you know the thing. You know the thing. It's a one year anniversary for President Biden. We're here to celebrate authentically. That's right. With the Friday Five, the greatest songs of all time, with one in the title. What is so funny, David? Gonna, we're going to impose the. We're going to enforce the. Yeah. Excuse me. Employ. Uh, Reconstruct the. Yeah, yes. Right. So. Uh, to go down so far, number one was Queen, another one bites the dust. Three Dog Night one at number three. Orleans still the one at four. And then at number five. Oh, yes, the one that I want. From the Grease soundtrack. Still looking for number two. The number is 210-619-2053. And back to it, David. Uh, we got Mark in Portland. Hey, Mark. Hey, guys. Uh I've got a song that probably was one of the last times that uh, Joe came up with a co coherent sentence, and this is uh, the one that I love from R.E.M. Oh, yeah. This one goes out to the one I love. 87, I believe. 
That was one of them. That was pretty big hit. Did you play that at Top 40? Sure. Okay. Yep. I thought that one crossed over. Okay, who's next? Uh, we got William in Virginia. Hey, William. Greetings, comrades. <laughs> this is Sir William Wallace from Free Commonwealth of Virginia. <laughs> Thanks for checking in, William. How's everything today? Three, three at last. It's wonderful to have a governor who believes in liberal and independent rights and whose first major accomplishment was to fire radically entitled evil democrat, obvious obnoxious monsters, or freedom for short. <laughs> <laughs> well played, William. Yes, I, I heard that Uncle Mumbles wears diaper when goes to bed, but he hopes he won't have to one of these nights by the Eagles. Well played. <laughs> Number two. Number two. <laughs> so fitting. Man, you could make the argument that that could have been number one. Yeah. You know, all probably came down to personal taste. Yeah. Has anybody else gone through this with this particular song that you really liked it and then maybe you got tired of it and then you heard it out of the blue one day and you're like, wow, that's a great song. Okay, I'm the only one. Uh, no, I'm like that with a lot of the Eagles songs. I've never cared for that song personally. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Yeah, just the whole production around it, you know, bass line and the yeah. way it all comes mm. in. And, yeah. yeah, and then it cool. just builds and builds. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, really, really well done. Okay, so we got through our five. There's still honorable mentions, some great songs in there. Who's next, David? We got Johnny in Kansas. Hey, Johnny. Looking for 80 brothers. <laughs> I'm always forgetting it's Johnny, Johnny. Will. Yes, Johnny, thanks for checking in. Oh, you're welcome, buddy. You're welcome, you hear me? You're so welcome, you don't even know it. Okay, well, I've got a song that, of course, ain't in the top five, but it just reminds me of a President Joey Biden so much and the way he operates on a daily basis. I'm going with one headlight. <laughs> <laughs> Today, don't we? Ah, yes. Uh, yes. The Wallflowers. They're still touring as a band. Really? We looked it up not that long ago. We were wondering. Because, I mean, they were really going to be like the next important band because of that album. It did so well. And then it just all kind of fell apart. Yeah. Well, sorry to keep writing great songs, man. I suppose, man. Jacob Dylan. Yeah, he wasn't all about the rock star stuff. Not at all. Were we at the same backstage with the nope. Wallflowers nope. Like 20 years ago, Scott? We're not, no. Okay. That, that's, that story's all your own. Yeah, well, just a long story short, he was not up for, let's say, the shenanigans. Any sort of shenanigans or good times at <laughs> the time. It was He was a very serious, sort of solemn songwriter, mm -hmm. musician. Just leave it at that. Okay, and now on with the countdown. <laughs> uh, we got Josh in Oregon. Hey, Josh. Hey, how's it going, boys? Good, Josh. Thanks for checking in. 
Yeah. Hey, so uh, I wanted to go with the Eagles, but somebody got it two before me, so I'm going with uh, one by you two. Oh, man. Boy, I don't. Maybe with or without you occasionally. But. Yeah, streets have no name. But it's all that, yeah. As many big songs that they had, there are a lot that don't get played. Mm-mm. And sometimes I wonder, is it because they're serious? And a lot of times, if you're listening to older songs, kind of want to have fun. Yeah, when's the last time you heard Mysterious Ways? Oof. I mean, that was a huge record, too. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I like them. I'm a fan. I've always been a fan. But but you don't reach for them near as much as you used no, to. No, I do not. That's absolutely right. I don't. I know. That's that's yeah. the strange thing. Why is that? I don't know. Yeah. Okay, who's next? Sorry. Uh, we got Corey in Portland. Hey, Corey. Gotta wish the boys first happy new year. Happy Friday. Happy football. Weekend, boys. Corey, yeah. yes, you yeah. man. Yeah, sure, yeah. Thanks for checking in. It's been too long. Yeah, it's been too long, but something has changed over the years. Got to go back to standing Hampton because there's no more. And so there's only one way. There's only one way to rock by standing. Corey always brings the energy. You know, this song just gallops out of the gate, doesn't it? It, it does. Just, it just goes full bore, man. And when Sammy joined Van Halen, and then you had Eddie filling out all these licks within the verse, it was freaking fantastic. I know a lot of people in spirit wanted to check in no with the score, so I just want to recognize that. And that was a great countdown. Again, the song's with one of the title. Three soundtrack, Orleans, Three Dog Night, Eagles, and Queen. Okay. Well played all the way around. And I am sure uh, that we made Biden proud in some sort of way. Imagine this. You know, I'm sure. Okay. Scott Robbins, the trifecta top three stories of the day. Next. Camp and Robin Show, Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. All right, we'll uh, get to a, not a news update. We get to Robbins and the trifecta. I just heard what number one was. I can't wait to get to it. Uh, before we get to that um, news update, there is a lot of talk going around about newly discovered emails with Anthony Fauci, all being tied to. The cover-up of COVID origins at the Wuhan lab in China. And so anytime I see this, 
I want to read up on it and see, you know, what's the latest details. And there is definitely a chain when you read the emails, right? Right. Without getting too deep into the weeds on the story. But what I come back to is as you start to get hopeful, do you really think anything is going to happen until after the fall elections? I I don't think anything's going to happen, period. Hmm. Even afterward? Even after, yeah. So you don't think, okay, we'll play Nostra, David, here. If everything happens the way you think it probably will, and the Republicans, you know, clean house after the midterms, you don't think the Republicans that have been saying we're going to hold this guy accountable and we're going to get to the bottom of this, they're just going to let it go? Uh. I don't know about let it go, but what I think will probably happen is that it'll turn into a complete clown show because everybody is always trying to perform for Twitter and whatever little sound bites you're going to get out of it, and nobody's actually going to get answers on it. I think they're going to make a show of holding people accountable, but how many times have Republicans been like, yeah, we're going to hold these people accountable? I mean, it's going to be like big tech all over again. I'm afraid of that. I, I just I don't see anything happening. I think you're going to have some you're going to have some shouting. You know, Jim Jordan's going to go up there. He's going to you know wave his hands around. He's going to yell. the The only person I think who actually might be interested in getting to the bottom of it Can in earnest would be Rand Paul. Yep, I tend to agree with that. Do you think the same thing, Scott? No, I I don't know. I mean, I think I think I think Fauci will retire, quit. Yeah, take off before the midterms. I do too. Um, and and I think that I think a lot of guys are going to run on it. That we're going to get to the freaking bottom of this, and I think there's a vindictiveness attached to it as well. That you put us through the meat grinder yeah. with your yeah. nonsense. It's our turn, and we're coming, and we're going to start with you, Fauci. So Scott Stradamus says yes. Here, here's the other thing that I'm worried about, though, is that it is going to wind up getting kind of silly. And you're going to have you're going to have sound bites that'll make Republicans look ridiculous, and of course those are the ones that the Today Show and whatnot right. are going to air over and over again, and it'll it'll kind of be like the Benghazi hearings 2.0, where there is a legitimate concern about what happened then, but there were too many people who didn't stay focused on what the actual issue was in that case that they made themselves out to look like fools in a lot of cases. Yeah. Yeah, Republicans tend to boot that sort of stuff. Repeal and replace Obamacare. Right. And then you got nothing. Piece of crap bill. I think a lot of it will depend, too, on where we are as a country with face masking and lockdowns and shutdowns and variants and all kinds of nonsense by then, too. Oh, I will Before the midterms. We'll see what happens. My guess is right now, by summer, it's going to be back to normal. People are done. People are freaking done. Absolutely. Just done with it. And politically, the left knows. It's done. So they're going to have to pivot to have any chance in the fall. And, you know, another thing is we've all known people now who have had Omicron. A lot, most sure. of us, we personally know people who oh, I yeah. had it. I mean, and it was it was like a bad head cold. I mean, it wasn't even really like a bad head. I've had worse bad head colds, right? Can we go ahead and play this out? Yeah. Thank goodness you had the vaccine. Well, I, and again, we can hypothesize that, I guess, all day long. And maybe that was the reason why. Could be. But the fact of the matter right. was, it, it doesn't have the, oh, my God, vent stuff attached to it. Right. Has frequently. Not to say it can't happen. But. Right. 
I know what you're saying. Yeah. So right. I think people are just like, okay, screw this. If I get it, I get it. You know, it's almost like the old chicken pox parties when parents used to take their oh, yeah. kids over to the house so they get chicken pox and be done with it. I remember. Yep. At least I tell you that's not to make you feel so old. Are well, you ready? Well, I didn't go to any person. <laughs> Are you ready? It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. The trifecta is Scott's personal countdown. Three stories he wants to highlight. Yeah. It's their important. And so we give you all the spotlight. And yes, your old hero from radio in the top 40 days. Yes. Uh, helps you count them down. Hi, it's me, Casey. <laughs> Casey Case. I'm ready. Wonderful guy. Mm-hmm. Casey Case. And so, of course, we always start with three. Thank you. A uh, federal judge in Texas has stopped the vaccine mandate for federal employees for now, Scott. Yeah, U.S. District Judge Jeffrey Brown said today, issued an order as to whether the president can, with a stroke of a pen, without the input of Congress, require millions of federal employees to get a shot. He added that, quote, under the current state of the law, as just recently expressed by the Supreme Court, this is a bridge too far. Uh, so he placed a, a preliminary injunction on it, on the executive order, saying that the order amounts to a presidential mandate that all federal employees consent to a vaccination against COVID or lose their jobs. He said the president's authority is not that broad. And he went on to say, hey, I'm not anti-vax. I mean, get vaccinated. I don't know why he had to say that, but he did. So the court believes you should get vaccinated, but being forced to is a bridge too far. I would imagine he said it. Same reason, well, I think you've said it. Yeah. A hundred times on this show. So is David or I. Mm-hmm. Because the first thing someone else would say is, well, that guy's anti-vax. Right. And so people are like, wait a second. There's a total difference. You the left has tried to lump everyone in together. Right. You can get the vaccine and still be anti-mandate and not anti-vax. You know, they just try to put people into a box. So I'm guessing that's why he did that. Yeah. Well, anyway, it's good news either way. I mean, I look at this as good news. Yeah. We're getting closer and closer to number one. No. Two. Uh, number two, Scott, a school in Virginia wants kids to play what? Identify your privilege bingo? That's right. You know, Glenn Youngkin's in charge now, and things are changing, new sheriff in town. But uh, before all of that gets to change, let's dive into what's going on in some schools. Uh, They're playing this game called Identify Your Privilege Bingo. Among these so-called privileges, let's see, how about uh, parents are married, never worried about food, heterosexual, Christian, able-bodied military kid, and have your own bedroom. Translation, common characteristics of a responsible family. Uh, I think what they're going to say, what? White? It's inherent white privilege. Uh, no, it comes down to if you economic have status, things. doesn't it? What uh, were the, can you go through that list again? Yes. Um, parents are married. Okay. Strike one. Uh, never worried about food. Okay. Heterosexual. Yeah. Christian. Yeah. Able-bodied and military kid and have your own bedroom. Whoa. You're a military kid. You're privileged. That's right. <laughs> I mean, that's, sorry, that, that's just kind of a surprise to me because a lot of military kids have to move around a lot. I mean, it's it, it can be hard on the family. And if your mom or dad is deployed, I mean, 
you're missing out on that on that time with your parent because they are serving the country. I mean, that's one of the reasons why, you know, when you appreciate veterans or those who are currently serving, you know, their family also makes the sacrifice, too, with that. Where's the privilege in that? Well, it's only when you live in Virginia. Okay. As a military right. kid. Right. Right. <laughs> when you live there, it's a privilege. Well, I mean, they, it doesn't make any sense. They, they got caught, no and then it. they lied about it, saying the game was intended to provide students with an opportunity to reflect on their own experiences while building their critical thinking skills. The assistant principal said the game came from approved Fairfax County Public Schools English curriculum lesson. What? English? Oh, cool. What? <laughs> That's how they infuse wokeness to right. every subject. Yeah, right. Yes. Right. Right. Critical race okay. theory isn't isn't taught in schools. Come no, on. No. No, it's not. By the way, I thought But if your parents are married, you have privilege. The same people that say you don't need a a man and a woman together in the same house to raise a child, it, it it's fine to have one parent. You do just as good. So why then would that be a privilege? Against their own logic. I'm just Right. Wondering what is the answer? I mean, obviously we know just from about every study. Yeah, kid is better off when mom and dad are yeah. raising them yeah. together in the same house. Doesn't always work out, but that's what your that, privilege tells you. Okay, but they're always telling us, "Oh, it's not really true." And though. having so your own bedroom, oh my god! All right, this is yeah. the trifecta. Scott Robbins, top three stories of the day. Yes, and I think we're well. And finally, yes, one. Here we go. Uh, there is going to be a sequel to A Christmas Story. Yeah. Oh, wow. This is a really horrible idea. Why? Uh, apparently, uh, Peter Billingsley, Ralphie, is going to be one of the people producing this thing. Okay. Along with Vince Vaughn, they've got something called Wild West Picture Show Productions. He's 50 now, by the way. Okay. You don't mess with perfection. The first movie was perfection. There is no sequel to it. And you just know, as I'm sitting here now, it's going to be full of wokeness. Wokeness. Ralphie's going to be Regina, a transsexual. <laughs> They're not going to do that to Ralphie. Or is he going to identify as an animal from the bunny suit? Mom's going to be, uh, mom's going to be emotionally abused by dad, yelling oh. at her all the time. And forget about the leg lamp. You can't have that's objectifying sexuality, it's, sir. It's going to be a man's leg. Yeah. But will the leg be shaved? It's going to have fur on it. <laughs> I don't know. A little stubble. Hey, who knows? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, this is not a good idea at all. It will make money, I'm guessing. Maybe, but, you know, they're going to infuse this thing with all sorts of nonsense. You know, and the thing is, there was no loose ends to tie up in that movie. It ended on a good note. There yeah. was no to be continued part of it. Yeah, I understand. Be done with it. Do you think it's going to ruin the first one then? Yes, of course it will. No, it won't. I mean, yeah. if, if Vince Vaughn's involved in it too, I mean, Vince Vaughn. It's got a shot a, with Vince it, Vaughn, perhaps. Well, I, I'm not sitting here waving the flag for Vince Vaughn or anything. I'm just saying he doesn't strike me as a as somebody who's pushing the woke stuff all that much. Yeah. True. Let's see what kind of say so he has over it. They'll, they've okay. got to interject wokeness somewhere. Is Dumb and Dumber still a classic? Of course. There was Dumb and Dumber, too. I know. Nobody Not good. That, no. And Dumb and Dumberer. But the Chinese restaurant scene will have to be redone. Well, they're not going to replicate every they scene. They can't go to the Chinese restaurant anymore. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> See, How is that going to be reworked? Dad's angry. <laughs> he's going to get an AR-15 instead of a... <laughs> right. Yeah. Yes. 
And that's the trifecta with Scott Robbins. Always appreciate it. <laughs> and there you have it. Yes. All right, we got to get the Nimrods in the news and a news update straight ahead. Markley, Van Camp, and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. We just saw this news update uh, from Deadline. I'll just read from the story because this is about a movie that's going to be coming out. Okay? <laughs> I can't wait for the reaction from uh, both of you fellas. The January 6th assault on the U.S. Capitol oh. considered the worst domestic attack on democracy since the Civil War <laughs> God. will be the subject of J6. A feature film scripted and to be directed by Billy Ray. This is his follow-up to the highly rated Showtime miniseries, The Comey Rule. <laughs> yeah. Comey. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Do these people ever know how to take an L or admit no. they're wrong? No. Because this guy dove headfirst into the Comey is the savior of America. Oh, my gosh. Trump oh, is yeah. like Nixon. <laughs> Turns out Comey's a fraud who spied on the president-elect. <laughs> like, Comey's the bad guy in, in this in this saga. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that, but he's a hero to a whole bunch of liberal boomers who watch too much CNN. And now, apparently... Don't, don't you have to have some time separate between a historical no. event and a movie? Strike while the iron's hot, man. Right, because in 15 years, nobody's yeah, going right. to give a crap nobody, about Nobody's going to care. No. I can go on with the story because there's yes. another piece you might go be on. interested in. Uh, joining him is Adam McKay, who is in the Oscar hunt now for Don't Look Up. Oh. I, 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 Explain I was, Don't Look Up, Dave. I was into that thing about 10 minutes and had to get out. Yeah, Don't Look Up is just a really uh, desperate attempt at humor from people who are humorless. Uh, talking about climate change, except it's an asteroid or something that's going to be right. hitting Earth and no yeah. one wants to pay attention. It's yeah. Right. yeah. Did you watch it? No, I didn't watch it. No, I, uh, I got rid of Netflix years I ago tur- because, of, tur- because they had kitty porn on their platform. It's true. It makes me feel weird for having it now. But uh, Ben Camp loves to guilt you like that. I do. I really do. I, I, I have it now because they have all the Seinfelds. So. Hmm. Hey, however you sleep at night, Scott. But I did watch the. I'm joking. I, I, I have it too. I did watch like first fifteen minutes of that thing, and I went, "Okay, I'm out. I'm out." You didn't know what it was going into it. I had read a little bit about it, but oh, not boy. a lot. And I mean, you know, of course, the usual suspects were like, "This is a very important movie." Of course, they were. <laughs> yes. You had another news update? Something out of San Francisco, oh, David? Dude, oh, there's this crazy video of a uh, uh, pit bull attacking security guards at a public library. The pit bull was like a service animal for a homeless dude who was there, and the guy was passed out high on drugs. Security officer was trying to give him Narcan. Dog says, oh, you're threatening my owner, attacks the uh, security guard. So they're sitting there trying to, like, just wail on the dog, trying to get the dog to to stop attacking one of the men. Uh, The guy who was passed out, 
uh, was given a ticket and then sent on his way. Oh my god! Of course, of course, yeah. You're doing you're you're doing drugs in a library. Your dog attacks people, and you just get a ticket, and he'll never have to pay that. He'll never show up in court. Come on. So what's the answer? Another dog? <laughs> Maybe a comfort cat too? Right. No. He's homeless. Keep the cats away. He's from a drug me. addict. No. Where are we? Okay, we got to get the Nimrods. <laughs> Wasn't that Nimrods? That felt like a Nimrod. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the News on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrods in the News. I got to tell you, I think you're going to be impressed by this in a way, Uh, especially you, David. Um, Police in Toronto looking for a dude who stole an $8,000 Gibson Les Paul guitar. Ooh. How did he do it? Well, he stuffed it down his pants. He walked out. <laughs> How did no. you stuff it down your pants? Guitar down your pants. I mean, you'd have to go back to, like, late 90s fashion to have pants big enough. <laughs> yeah, get some Jinkos. Maybe he had the sweats. He had the uh, sweats on. And he's a very large person to begin with. I don't know. He left, hopped in the getaway car, driven by another suspect. Wasn't a dramatic exit. Police report wasn't filed until last week. They, it took him a while to discover the theft, and then they found the surveillance footage. He was wearing large, baggy pants, but hid the neck of the guitar down his pants. Was the neck first or last? The neck down his pants, body under his sweater. Oh. He was happy to see. I think I would have switched him around. And that's Nimrods in the News.